this is attempt number 11 at introducing this particular show. I should do these in the afternoon or in the middle of the day rather than at 5 o'clock in the morning. Anyhow, Dr. Sam J here. This is Unfiltered. This week, Jay Schrader and I sat down with Lenny Eckstein. Lenny is co-founder, co-owner of Deer Hammer Distillery down in Buena Vista, Colorado. He opened that up with his wife not too long ago, uh, well, long enough ago to make aged whiskey. But he'll get into that. I'm going to stop talking uh, and let Lenny tell the story. If you can find some Deer Hammer at your local liquor store, give it a give it a try. Thank you again for all the support, and we really, really appreciate it. Have a great afternoon, and enjoy, or morning, or whatever time it is, and enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by Elon Naturals. Handcrafted in Boulder, Colorado, Elon's all-natural products are made with CBD extracted from Colorado certified hemp. Ryan and Alec Nyberg, good friends of ours, founders and co-owners of Elon, as well as big supporters of craft beer, including being supporters of the SIP Beer Fest we did earlier this year, use no toxins, no chemicals, and only certified organic ingredients in everything that they make. Whether you're looking for bath bombs, foot soaks, lip balms, paint sticks, or tinctures, Elon has you covered. And they make pet products, too. Find Elon Naturals on Instagram and Facebook, and place your order now at elonnaturals.com. When you do, plug in the promo code UNFILTERED20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Again, that's UNFILTERED20. Plug it in at checkout at elonnaturals.com for 20% off your order. This episode is also brought to you by Rooftech Precision Exteriors. Founded by a fourth-generation roofing expert and two veteran general contractors, Rooftech combines unmatched residential and commercial roofing knowledge with project management excellence, which means that your next roofing project will not only be handled by those that know what they're doing, but know how to complete your project without wasting your time. Find Rooftech on Instagram and Facebook and learn more at rooftechco.com. That's R-O-O-F-T-E-C-C-O.com. And when you schedule your roof replacement project, mention Unfiltered and receive a free upgrade to impact-resistant Class 4 shingles. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds like it's a hell of a deal. Again, that's rooftechco.com. Shake it sugary. I don't really teach anymore either. I've noticed. Yeah. What are we doing? Uh, today, we have a friend yeah. whom we've never actually met in never person. Never met face to face. This was exciting. Been on the show before. Good sir, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Stoked to be here in person. My name is Lenny Eckstein. I'm from Deerhammer Distilling out in Buena Vista, Colorado. And uh, yeah, stoked to be down here in Denver. He's a lot shorter than I expected. Really? Yeah. What were I, you strong, I Well, <laughs> I don't know. With a name like Lenny and a guy that distills whiskey, I expected like a six-foot-tall dude. The, I mean, everything I, else fits the, bull, the mold perfectly. I used to be taller. <laughs> That's what I tell everybody. You're building <laughs> like a wrestler. I cut my hair. Did you wrestle? You're building like no, a wrestler. I should have. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I still will, though. <laughs> yes. That's um, the right answer. Let me ask you first, how are things down at Buena Vista? Things are great. I mean, especially this time of year. Usually oh, yeah. it's cooling off, but uh, the leaves are uh, nice and yellow. They're holding out, and the weather's been fantastic. It's, are you uh, getting a lot of tourists down there at this time? We are, and Still. it's. It, but it's great. You know, it's it's a, definitely a sleepier mountain town than say like Breckenridge or Winter Park or Vail. Um, and we get a really neat segment of tourism. People who are out there for some cool adventures and just getting after it. So uh, it's been fun having people in town. What's the draw for folks to come to Buena Vista? Because I, we don't talk enough about it. There's obviously Eddie Lines in Buena Vista, so there's a well-known brewery there, um, and obviously a very well-known distillery. What is the draw for folks, even in the summer, to come to Buena Vista? Yeah, well, outside of uh, the alcohol tourism, which I think is uh, world-class, 
Um, <laughs> I would Fair say enough. in the summer. I mean, the, the go-to for sure is whitewater. So whitewater rafting, kayaking, river surfing, supping, all okay. that stuff down the river. Uh, that's a big one. But then besides that, just the trails. Mountain biking is huge in our area. Right. You know, all the 14ers. Yeah, uh, Collegiate Peaks are right there. You can bag, what, like three or four 14ers uh, in a weekend? Yeah, yeah, if you got the knees for it. Which uh, I, do. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I'll drive up them. Are you from Buena Vista? No, I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, wait, we got to, okay. We're going to meander. Let's come back to that. We brought you on because Do you have a something sticky note? very special is happening right now with Deer Hammer. Can you, because people tend to get really bored with what Jay and I are saying as we do meander and ramble, <laughs> we wanted to get this out of the way before we get, jump back into the Deer Hammer story. So uh, tell us about what's going on and, and why you were even in Denver today. Yeah, sure thing. Well, you know, as uh, maybe some listeners might know and you guys probably know, Deer Hammer's been around for a bit and we specialize in making an American single malt whiskey, which we started doing from day one. It's really our hallmark, but uh, you know, since we started making that back in 2012 was our first batch, we've branched out a lot, and we've got some really interesting new whiskeys that are uh, just launching now. They're just starting to hit liquor store shelves. So uh, three in particular that I brought with me. Um, I guess I'll uh, just ramble through them real quick, and maybe we can taste some of them. Uh, first That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> yeah, sure. day drinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've got a pot still rye, so a rye whiskey. Um, and I, I think worth stating, everything we do is always a little bit left to center, kind of out of the box, challenging styles. And where beer has uh, very defined styles, which, you know, a brewery can choose to bend and be outside of or not, um, th distilleries don't have that, you know, depth of style. Like, there's rye, and everyone knows what a rye tastes like. Uh, so much of it comes out of Kentucky or Indiana, and they all have a pretty similar flavor profile. So everything we do, we try to be outside of those flavor profiles, but still within the guidelines of what a rye is. So it's got to be at least 51% rye. What we do is, uh, in the case of our pot still rye, it's 70% Ilbon rye that's grown over in the San Luis Valley, 20% oats, which are pretty unusual for uh, any whiskey really, but uh, common enough in a beer, and they work really well in the whiskey as well. And then the remainder is uh, crystal and dark roasted malt. So uh, a really cool rye. Uh, the one I actually brought to you is um, a single barrel sample that Total Wine uh, picked up. So we're just waiting for the official labels to come in, but that'll be going out their way in the next month. Uh, and that's at cask strength, so it's a really nice one. Uh, moving down the line, we've got our first release of Bottled in Bond Bourbon. And uh, some of your listeners might know. I was going to say that one caught my eye. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing right now. You know, a lot of the smaller distilleries, us being one of them, uh, coming out with what's referred to as bottled and bomb bourbon is kind of a, you know, uh, you know, a marker to say we've been around for a bit. So, of the standards that it has to conform to, it has to be at least four years old. It has to be 100 proof, made at one distillery in one distilling season. Uh, so this is our first release. We're going to do one every year. Uh, pretty outrageous bourbon. We're really stoked on that. Uh, that's just starting to show up on shelves. Uh, and I should say, if you got a liquor store you like and they don't have it, ask them for it. They'll bring it in. It's super easy to get for them. Uh, and then the last one is super special. So we like to experiment a lot. And, you know, folks, uh, especially in the beer world, uh, will say to a brewery, uh, you know, back in the day when there were festivals, uh, what do you got that's new? And as distillers, we get that question too. 
but the answer is so much harder because <laughs> how do you have something new when it yeah. takes three years to make? Like, you got so yeah. our answer to something new is what is our progeny series, okay. and what I've got here is progeny series release number two. The concept behind this series is uh, pretty much like an ongoing one and done collaboration with other Colorado makers. The very first one was with Cultura Craft Chocolate, where we did a cacao season barrel. Uh, so an American single malt finish finished in a cow barrel. That one was outrageous and really well received. Progeny number two, Cask Savant, was made in collaboration with Crooked Stave, which I'm sure your listeners are familiar with. Um, sure. Those guys just do amazing stuff across the board, but just being known for really a mastery of uh, Britannomyces fermentations. Okay. So. Five years ago, uh, their crew drove a box truck up full of totes of their hop savant. And we distilled that. We chose the cuts together, uh, cuts being, you know, the, the runnings off the steel that we decided we're going to put into the barrel. And it's been in barrels for five years. So it's now bottled and it's just starting to ship. You've been sitting on this five years with yes. Crooked Stave, and this is the first we've heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's the first you're hearing of it. I, I mean, I've been steady sessioning it for five years. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is this we, something that is this something that people would have seen or heard of if they made the trip down to Buena Vista in the past? Or um, it's never been available to the public. We're very bad at keeping secrets, so anytime <laughs> somebody asks, like you know, what's new, what's cool, we tell them about it. And uh, we've been known to break it out, like with you know Sharpie marker writing on a yeah, nondescript nice. bottle. Um, but this is really the first official bottling, and after five years, a lot evaporated uh, some of it into my mouth. And it's, uh, so we only- That's, not, that's not called evaporation yeah, yeah. at that point. That's, that's called consumption. Yeah, that's yes. um, lab, but, lab work right there. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, I mean- Quality one, control. One for you, one for me, right? Exactly. Isn't that how that works? Sure. Two for, one for you, two for me? That's kind of how I serve, that's how I serve, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. We're, okay, sorry, con continue. Oh no, I mean, that was really the gist of it. I mean, That's short, the rundown? There's only 250 bottles of this stuff. So it's super limited, and we're definitely not going to have the opportunity to make something like this again with Crooked Stave. We do have a collaboration coming down the road with Eddie Line, uh, so nice. keep an eye out for that one. What's the time frame on that? Well, it's currently in the barrel at two years old. Okay. Uh, we're probably going to let it go for another year, but we've been making it over the years. And what's neat about that one, uh, and I can't give you too many definitives, but I'll say this that I know for sure. Um, this was an effort with Deerhammer and Eddie Line where we wanted to create something together and take 100% of the profits from it and devote it to trail construction to nice. build new mountain bike trails in Buena Vista. So cool. So yeah. Awesome. yeah. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that stuff when it's on sale. You know, don't for sure uh, pick up a bottle because it's going to be delicious, but also know that it'll build trails that you can ride and walk and. You know, That's amazing. Why, why not a water-themed conservation project with Eddie Line? I mean... Um, it absolutely could be, but our river is epic as it is. Um, <laughs> you know, we have a great white water park. We have waves. They're doing pretty well. Uh, that's not to say that there's not always, you know, places to put money and raise funds for the rivers. But, uh, you know, we, all of us at Deerhammer, uh, shred trails, love mountain biking, and uh, the guys over at Eddie Line, uh, you know, Vance and Brian in particular, uh, Brian England and his family and his sons are all like badass mountain bikers. So it just, it all kind of made it's a sense. natural fit, huh? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, the, the brewery collaboration is very interesting to me, in particular, those two brands. So knowing that this has been aged for five years, 
obviously Deerhammer was at a different place five years ago, and Crooked Stave was at a different place. Yes. I'm assuming that you're both very happy with the growth that you've gone through in order to, you know, to kind of really advertise and promote this release. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, working with those guys was cool. I, like I said, I don't know that we'd have the opportunity again. Whenever yeah. something goes a little bit off for a brewery, they don't always have the opportunity to just blend it out. Whereas at a distillery, you just sit on it longer. Yeah. So in that case, the flavor profile might have drifted a little bit. You know, I never really wished that on a brewery, especially with a few thousand gallons. But uh, in this case, it worked out well. And what is fascinating to me about this is that, uh, to my knowledge, like there might not be another... 100% Britannomyces fermented base that has been distilled into more or less a whiskey. Uh-huh. I know uh, historically rum had been fermented with a bit of Brett, but um, you know, this is a cool release and you know, it was great to work with those guys over the years. Like whenever we would go to, you know, like the, what was it, the Vail Big Beer Fest or something, I'd go up there and drink beer okay. and I'd bring them a sample of how it was coming. Okay. Um, so that, that's been great. And uh, yeah, we're, we're just, we're stoked to finally leak it out there. So. I'm just trying to figure out why the guys from Crooked Stave aren't here for this interview, <laughs> too. <laughs> Sam. I'm sorry. Sam. Um, we're not that big yet. You know, we, we're lucky to get this guy on. But that's, he had to drive to town anyway. That's true. We, so I, got, I think we got to pay him for gas money. I know. Yes, <laughs> let let me sure. just, I mean, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, and Sam alluded to this. What happens if Crooked Stave didn't make it through the last five years? I mean, would this still have been a collaboration? Or, I, I, God forbid. Yeah. Right? But I mean, right now. It's on the shelf. We we try to keep our stuff like reasonably attainably priced. Most of our bottles are like anywhere between 35 and 55 on average. This one, because it's rare, it's aged longer, it's high proof. This one's on the shelf for 70. Had Cricket Stave not made it, who knows? Maybe it'd be on the secondary market uh, for (laughs) way more. Yeah, I was gonna gonna say, wouldn't have released it at all, right? One at a time. Can uh, this is a silly question. Can you pick up a bottle or two of Crooked Stave? Yeah, is that, is there any way too. to pull that off, that kind of thing? Like if like if I, as a as a listener and a beer drinker here in town and wanted to pay a little, well, just pay in general, forward. like how does it work? Because yeah. when we went to to Burns family and talked to to Wayne and Laura, they were they explaining cocktails. like what happens when you brew the beer on that particular premises. Oh, yeah. So That's how does right. it work with this? Because you're not just brew. I mean, it's not just oh these guys gave us a barrel. I mean this you're, it's on the label Crooked Stave. So how does that work? Yeah, well. Um that's a good question. I, I think the boring answer, and I'll try to keep it short, is that there's a lot of regulation. And okay. once it turns from one category to another, it's so regulated. Like they, a brewery can no longer sell something that is of spiritist nature or whiskey unless they are a brew pub, in which case they have the license to bring a whiskey in. And in okay. these crazy times, they can even sell bottles to some extent, which I'm not sure how that works. You know, we can't do it. I'm not familiar with those laws. But I think the short answer is, um, you know, the guys at Crooked Stave, they would not be able to offer this. Now, um, what we typically try to do is find bars or liquor stores in the vicinity to places like Crooked okay. Stave or wherever we might be collaborating with. Okay. Um, as of now, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be kind of a, a boutique bottle shop uh, offering. Um you know, some of the bigger, awesome liquor stores will certainly have it. I expect Molly's will be bringing it in soon. But this stuff, uh, it is shipping as of, like, I want to say yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it, it sh- you'll be seeing it showing up on the shelves in the next week or so. You guys, I mean, our friends in the distilling business, the Lock & Co. guys, Lenny, the gents down at uh, Bear Creek, I'm just amazed by how fucking hard you guys work because 
It is. I mean, we're not talking to the salesperson of gear. I mean, we're talking to the salesperson. Of no, gear we're talking hand. to the guy that does right. everything. But it's not as if you're making some crappy spirit. Like you all are winning awards and, and doing some crazy stuff, and you're doing it by yourselves. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, there's so much good stuff happening in the Colorado scene. I think so much inspired by what already you know has transpired in beer over the years. Um, but in distilling, you know, it, it had a, an interesting start. There were some badass players from day one. I mean, yeah. Stranahan's right out of the gates and Peachtree, Montagna on the rum side of things. Uh, and I always look at it as like there's almost generations of, you know, maybe not by hard dates, but I think of Deerhammer as maybe the second generation, as was maybe like 291 yeah. and Bear Creek. And, and then the, like there was another generation or two. And then you've got folks like Talnua that, you know, came yeah. out of the gates super strong. Um, th- Those guys just, have not even been around what a year, oh, right? I mean, I they, think just over a year. Yeah, it's yeah. Nuts. yeah, it's we haven't even. They've it, really found their their niche oh, too. And, they did, you know, and, it, and yeah. I was just telling somebody about pot distilled yeah. whiskey like a week ago, and and to hear somebody else, you guys, yeah. Lenny, doing it also is amazing because my I'm sure that my uh, description of pot distilled whiskey was for crap. Oh, well, I mean, it's really, it's fairly fundamental. You know, pot stills were the original stills. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is definitely something that, you know, we really hold dear and consider just a cornerstone of our quality in the sense of more like just a flavor profile. Like pot stills are how you make big flavored whiskey. And they're not efficient tools for having a great yield. Um, but they, they don't lie. Like what you get out of the still is what it is. And it's, it's, uh, we think it's amazing. And I think I, I really enjoy, you know, I enjoy everything out there, but I love the style of whiskey made on pot stills. And uh, some of my favorite whiskeys in the industry come from pot stills, be it small distilleries or big. So does Deerhammer run two different types of systems then? I mean, you've got to have yeah, a traditional distillery uh, setup and then a pot still, or is, no. is, is it interchangeable? Or? Um, well, I don't know that, uh, I guess when I think of the word traditional, I think of like, what was done in the earliest days. And technology within distilling uh, comes down to higher efficiency via stills that um, work more like a production plant, where in some cases, especially in the bigger distilleries, uh, you'll feed in your mash or your wash, which is essentially a beer uh, that's typically open fermented. And you'll feed that in whilst onto the top as steam comes up from the bottom. And they just run continuously and they're very efficient. Um, they're typically not capable of generating the fullest flavor, but that's not to say they don't generate amazing whiskey. It's different style. We, from day one, um, decided that we were going to be a pot still distillery. And what that means is, um, you know, we mill our grain, we mash, and in the case of an American single malt, it's very much like making beer. You know, we louder. We're basically making something like a stout without the hops. Um, we do open ferment, so we'll pitch our yeast. It's uh, Everybody likes to call it a distiller's yeast. It's Saccharomyces, just like a brewer's yeast. Yeah. You can make beer with it. I, I'm, I've got weird hang-ups about the difference between brewer's yeast and distiller's <laughs> yeast. What it really comes down to is uh, you're trying to get good attenuation, so you're not leaving behind residual sugars that won't really dis- carry over in the distillation. Um, you're trying to have something that can hold up to a fairly high alcohol content, 10%, which isn't outrageous. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of room for experimentation there. But to the process and tradition that we do, um, after a four to five day open fermentation, uh, we go into a pot still. It's basically a big pot that, that this beer goes into, and it's got a copper head and uh, 
what's called a line arm where the vapor travels across and then it goes into a tube and shell condenser that's cooled with either uh, water or glycol and you turn it back into liquid. And uh, that's our process. That so sounds really simple. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> totally. I, I feel like I could do this myself now. You, you could. <laughs> it's it's not legal it prison yet. To, prison but. toilet gin, I think is what it is. Prison <laughs> exactly. toilet hooch. Not even close. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously homebrewing's legal, which is awesome. That's how I got my start, and a lot of folks. And I wish home distilling was legal because it it's not I, that hard. I didn't know it wasn't. Holy shit! Wow. <laughs> I got a, I got Sorry, a guy that brings sucks. me like a mason jar full of booze once a month that I coach lacrosse with. I should not uh, <laughs> be ratting him out. Huh? I shouldn't use his name or the address. As far as I know, no one in Colorado has been prosecuted for. Home distilling, but uh, that might be an urban legend. We uh, we suburban legend. We have some pretty open laws about that kind of shit around here, right? Yeah. Let's not more. stand on ceremony, though, huh? Should we should we, do we tap into one or two of these? Let's, let's have some sips. Yeah. Yeah. This. Let's behave. Um, we'll have we to behave. We finished our uh, our other adult beverage. Uh, uh, you have. Yeah. Yes. You know, I did bring. So I guess we're sitting on uh, five bottles in front of us. The other two worth mentioning. Our American single malt. Did we not, I'm sorry. Did we not get through the whole lineup? I'm, I we apologize. might have. I forgot. I wish, uh, my memory's going to crap. I, but uh, in Too case I'm double speaking, uh, we have our American single malt, which uh, this bottle in particular is a single barrel pick from the Bluegrass Lounge. Super nice bottle. Uh, and then the last one uh, to the right, that's our Hickory Smoked Whiskey. It's uh, 100% Colorado corn grown down the Four Corners region ah. that we cold smoke with hickory for about eight hours. And then go through the same process of, uh, you know, milling, mashing, fermenting, double pot stilling, and it goes into our used single malt barrels. Holy shit! This is uh, okay. Crack them open. Let's talk because I want to know the the deer hammer story. You've been on the show before, obviously, but we talked more about how COVID was impacting things. And so this is your chance to to tell yeah, us. Give us a little background. How does a guy from Philly, probably a, an Eagles fan, you poor fuck? Get all the way out of here to Colorado to become a, 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 a distiller. Yeah, fine question. Uh, I never watched much fo- football, but okay, uh, I, I, I like the uh, I like the Philadelphia attitude among sports. Okay. It's, cheers. Uh, cheers. Okay. Um, you know, I uh, yeah, I grew up in Philly. Uh, moved to the city for school. Went to art school. Hung out for another year after school, and I, I knew that it was time to break out. Um, I didn't know where I was going to go, but I uh, made my way to Denver for a trip, and. Um, I really like Denver a lot. I loved snowboarding. Yeah. Oh, he opened that for us. I don't know why. That was a mistake. <laughs> We're not that good. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice one, man. We had the guys from Bluegrass Lounge come up. We went rafting. And Tell us what the Bluegrass yeah. Lounge is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Worth, I'm, worth I'm noting. Uh, clearly it's a really clueless. cool spot out in Arvada. They have two locations now. Um, one is in Old Town, Arvada. And the other one is in the Candelas neighborhood. Mm-hmm, okay. I yeah. believe that one opened. If not, it's about to open. Right around the corner from our guys at uh, Re- uh, Resolute. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. And, um, yeah, you know, they, they have a fantastic whiskey program, bourbon program. They've got some of the bottles that you just don't find anywhere. Their whole crew knows their stuff inside out. So if you go in there, and quite the beer selection as well, but if you're looking for a whiskey, you can ask them. You can tell them what you like, and they could definitely guide you in the right direction. Set you up with a flight, um, really break it down for you. But something neat that they're doing—they're—they're they're picking single barrels. They're going to distilleries. They came to Deerhammer, and you know we let them try through ten different barrels. I mean, that was just what they were picking from. We probably tried twenty barrels just because they're there, and um, you know they walked away with uh, 
a check mark on one barrel and we just bottled it up for them. You just called it theirs, huh? Yep. So in, in unfiltered parlance, the Bluegrass Lounge is a bar. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a bar we need to check out. It's fantastic. Great yeah. pizza, too. Oh, oh, oh. What were they drawn to about this particular barrel in talking to them? You know, um, there, there's a lot that goes on um, throughout the whole process. But even once you put it in a barrel, there's certain things that are somewhat out of our control. Um, we don't do the cooperage. We don't cut down the oak trees and let them cure outside for two years. Uh, we don't assemble the barrel. We don't toast it and char it. But independent stave cooperage, which was, they're, they're the biggest independent cooperage in the country. They do it right. They make the barrel profile for us. But even still, uh, was the wood cut from the top, middle, bottom of the tree? Um, where was it on the stack of staves? How was it assembled? Like there's variables that go in. How tight was the grain? Um, so every barrel has the potential to have a different flavor profile to some extent. I mean, it's not going to be night and day. But uh, this one to me, um, at the time anyway, and it evolved a bit over the next few months, it presented some nice like clove and licorice notes, a lot yes. of great baking spices. And, um, you know, it really comes down to you know, what, what resonates with them. So, uh, yeah, Josh and Ryan from Bluegrass just love that one. And Cap that one. <laughs> let's 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 get. Yeah, you gotta leave. Don't well, you no, I'm not worried ways. about that. I always want to leave, but um, or always need to leave. You landed in Denver. You're snowboarding, and clearly somewhere. I don't want to say things went off track because oh, yeah. maybe this was fortuitous or, or or obviously fate. But somewhere between the city and snowboarding, you ended up yeah. <laughs> in in Breckenridge and then and then in Buena Vista. And, yeah. and all of a sudden you're. 10 years later, you're a distiller. Or yeah. 20 years later. Or yeah, what? that's kind of how it went. Um, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I moved to Denver in my early 20s, and I was a graphic designer. And I had a job uh, not too far from here. Um, at the time, I was working for a marketing company, and we had an office on South Broadway. And we were a few blocks from uh, this place called Beard Home, which was a homebrew supply shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not there anymore, but um, that was I stumbled in one day, and... I just figured I was, I don't know, 24, 23 at the time and thought I should do adult things and making beer seem like that. That was like the most adult thing you could do at the time? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it was. Thank God yeah, for at, that. I mean, at the time, I yeah. didn't, I was living in an apartment. I had no bed. I was, I had my tent set up in my bedroom because, you know, I had a tent and that made sense this to is, me. Yeah. That's so, fucking awesome. He's an adult now. He can yeah. do that. It's <laughs> yeah. totally fine. Yeah. 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 I'm but 23. Anyway. I have a job with a paycheck that comes in every week. I can pitch a tent in my living room and sleep in it if I want to. Exactly. Ah, dude. You probably do. I think I'm going to go home awesome. and pitch a tent today. <laughs> That's impressive. Holy shit. So you got to hear, I mean, you talk so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm quite intrigued by the lexicon that you have based around this. It is not, it's, it's scientific. It is, it is, uh, I wouldn't even, it goes beyond art, I guess. But art and science are kind of one and the same in a lot of ways. But I mean, it's clear that you have a passion, I suppose, for what, I'm, what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, in, in, in any creative area, I like to think of making whiskey as a creative outlet. Um, I thought of graphic design that way, but, but I'm attracted to more uh, tangible things. I got tired of just making digital things mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that don't exist in the real world. And there's something, you know, with a bottle of whiskey, it's kind of funny because it's it's just a bottle with brown stuff in it, and that's not an experience. But the ability to 
you know, put everything I have into it, uh, just as much creativity and, and make it this, the best thing I can. And the hardest part is saying, it's done, let's put it in the bottle. Um, but once you do that, then it becomes, once the cork's popped anyway, it's an experience. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. That's what drew me to Colorado, was like deeper experiences. And I think that that's one of the coolest things about this state is that the population, people are into it for these experiences. And be it, you know, uh, most of your audience on the beer side, you're not looking to just chug a lawnmower beer every day. You're looking for depth of flavor and just complexity and inspiration. And, um, you know, and I kind of alluded to it before and just now about homebrewing. I took a lot of inspiration from beer. I remember a few in particular, like, you know, I was sitting on my sofa when I lived in Golden and I popped a bottle of, God, it was uh, Jolly Pumpkin Madrigata Obscura. Okay. I don't know that that's around anymore. This is a long time ago. But I mean, you talk about like aha moments, be it like in pairings or just in general. Yeah. And I remember taking a sip of that and thinking like, holy fuck, like there's so much going on here. Yeah. Like there's so much, there's so much to do. And when I started to discover whiskey shortly after that, um, God, by no means a knock on the whiskey industry, but I realized there's so much work to be done. And by no means is it my place to do all that work, but at Deerhammer, our intention is to like, just put our thumbprint on this whole landscape of where there's work to be done. You know, more innovation. So how did you get from here then to Buena Vista? Did I miss that? Oh, yeah. I no. That? Okay. I, that's right. kind of what I'm like. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm pins and needles yeah. waiting for the rest well, no, of this. this, like, is, this is so good. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't afraid. think anyone's ever writing like I a under poured over, this, over it's, online. Uh, you know, when I, when I was uh, yeah, still sleeping in my tent in my uh, bedroom in this apartment, I, uh, I got into whitewater kayaking. I missed the ocean a lot. You know, growing up in Philadelphia as a kid, I would drive to the Jersey Shore and surf all the time anytime there were waves anyway. And I missed being in the water and the rivers um, represented the closest thing I could find to that. Um, so I uh, jumped right into, I bought all the kayaking gear and something that's interesting about whitewater kayaking is you can't just go and do it. You can buy a set of skis or some rock climbing gear, more or less have a fun day. Um, but if you get on the river and you don't have someone with you who's it's watching you, it's life or death. You could die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. you're probably so not gonna die, yeah. but it's not gonna be a fun day. Uh, but to that You're probably extent, probably not gonna die. Yeah, I, I loved it though. I, I love the ass kicking. I mean, I in general, I love starting on the ground floor of things and just sucking to the point where you're like, could I be any worse? Yeah, maybe not, but I can definitely be better. Okay. And that's that kind of challenge is fun. So uh, I really took to that. Like I, I, I found that you know, as a graphic designer, it was cool and all, but all I wanted to do were the things I was really passionate about and. You know, not to say like kayaking was a form of like self-expression or art or anything, but it was it was a fun thing to do and a fun expression. And I uh, there's the Arkansas River that runs right through Buena Vista, and there's some epic camping there. And I just found that I was going there most weekends, like hanging out with friends, running rivers, camping, and there was nothing really in town. But I always loved the area. Seems like you uh, you jump into things with like like to- you're full full-hearted when you go into things. Like I, you just yeah. you, you come across as that kind of guy. Yeah, I, I think I think that's true, and I think that the, there's I, maybe why I ended up in Colorado is because I noticed that about a lot of folks here. I mean, that that's part of the passion is like you see something, you know, you grab it by the horns, get after it, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I I do that. And as I'm getting older, you know, I'm 46 now. Um, good looking forward. Can't really remember. Yeah, I feel old. Yeah, I'm like 36. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got you by 10 years. Jesus. And he looks I need to get a fucking kayak. <laughs> or something. Apparently. Yeah, or so. drink more whiskey. Drink more whiskey. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm kind of like settling on the things I got. And 
you know, I'm happy to settle on distilling. That's a fun thing to really like just put all my effort to. And Are you not, really settling though? I mean, or, no. or is this something that, <laughs> yeah, it's not. No, I settled I mean, on being a banker many, many years ago. Yeah. And, and I can honestly say I've settled with it. My uh, wife settled for me. Yeah. But I, you're, I mean, you're not settling, right? No, this no, is something you're passionate it's, it's, it's about. It's like a huge challenge. And I kind of alluded to like, you know, when is something done? I love the challenge of, you know, uh, not not say not putting it in the bottle, but there's so many things that can be done with whiskey. The blends that you can put together, you know, the, the barrel finishes. And, you know, oftentimes I'll equate it to like when I'm just talking in quick format. Um, if someone is to be painting a painting, when do you stop painting and put it on the wall? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's a perpetual challenge with making whiskey. So uh, I am... <laughs> I'm the worst salesperson at Deer Hammer because I can never put something out there and be like, this is our best. I hope you enjoy it. Because there's always room for more, huh? Yeah, man. I'm, 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 oh, I'm never really satisfied. So to that end, you know, there's no stopping or settling. It's, uh, it's a really fun challenge. And, and we've got, like, just this insane list of projects we want to do. In fact, you know, we talked about the uh, Progeny 2, the Cask Savant. That, that's inspired something that we're still trying to put together, but I'm so fascinated by... You know the potential to uh, work with 100% Britannomyces in whiskey fermentations. That uh, that's usually how my cork pop goes. <laughs> in yeah, anticlimactic. We, I mean, we haven't even done it, but this idea we have, we want to do 100% malt barley Britannomyces fermentation, extended fermentation, possibly barrel maturation of that beer prior to distillation. And then uh, our original format, which we've unfortunately had to go get away from, is traditional direct fire pot distillation. Uh, now, that's the insurance industry has decided that that's just not cool. And if you, we want to keep doing it, yeah. it they don't good. like an open flame around flammable gases. Pussies. I don't. I don't yeah. Know. Did you just that. call them pussies? I love yeah. that. That's you can't just do it outside or something. I, well, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, don't tell our insurance company. The good news is nobody uh, smart listens to this radio show. No, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we just cracked into that Cask Savant progeny number two. What is really interesting to me about that is just the, like, the layers, and there's, like, citrus notes yes, and uh, yes. just weird fruit funk. It, it's really the essence of some of those flavors that you get from a lot of Crooked Stave beers. Yeah. No, the, 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 that is, uh, that's the perfect way of explaining what it is. Like, I think if, if someone is a fan of Crooked Stave or... You know, yeah, go for that for sure. Sorry, <laughs> Ryan's sitting over here drooling. I know. Our, 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 one, our one guest, there's not another. There's not an extra taster glass, so he's just gonna. He's, well, he's, gotta, he's just pouring it down his double gullet. Double the pour, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> double the pour. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's the essence of what they make, but it really, you know, it gives you a little bit of glimpse into that. But then, what happens when? You know, you, re- you do get the essence via distillation, and then you, it does sit in a barrel and oxidize, and, you know, there's esterification going on where in a typical bourbon or a malt whiskey, you get some hallmark, like, dark fruit notes. In this, it's just, like, a crazy, funky fruit pie from, like, those years sitting in the barrel. I'm a shitty, shitty wine drinker, <laughs> and not that I like shitty wine. I just, like, I'm not, I don't have a very yeah, it's, sophisticated yeah, palate, but this is, this is what I imagine... That a really sophisticated wine palate could could taste and feel in a in a very complex glass of wine. I there's mean, a lot going on in a, a good yeah. Wine my day. my yeah. mouth and my brain typically that's yummy. They fire at the same, fairly the same speed, but not today. Not today. That, yeah, this is this is amazing. Well, um, yeah, there's definitely like some layers on layers. 
Like I get a lot of, you know, like you, you always hear about the kind of like barnyard leather notes from Britannomyces. No. I mean, I definitely get like some of those. I get like hay. It just reminds me of like kind of a outdoor environment. It's uh, it's neat. It's got some citrus, some lime on the end. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna change gears for half a second here. Background in in uh, graphic design. Deerhammer's got a got a great presence, a great marketing brand, as far as I can tell. How much of that is you? Most of it. I mean, that's yeah. that's. Um, I figured that was I, that was what we call a watermelon <laughs> pitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, you know I, I I'd be remiss in not mentioning this. Um, my wife Amy founded the company with me, and initially she wasn't terribly involved. Uh, she would bartend really slowly. And, uh, you know, all the best bartenders are slow, though. (laughs) But at the time, you know, she was working as a nurse and she had her own career and Deerhammer was kind of a side project for her. And she since stepped in in a big way. And, um, you know, I I joke around and say she keeps me from ruining the company. That's not untrue. Like, I probably would have screwed something up had I been responsible for the sides of the business that I just am not terribly uh, well versed in. So. You know, I get to stick to what I'm good at, which is, you know, brand development, marketing, uh, make, you know, making and designing the whiskey, you know, coming up with the grain bills and yeah. uh, blending the barrels, um, you know, and then making stickers. The fun Dude, stuff. the stickers are amazing. <laughs> I drank whiskey today. Like, I feel like everybody in America should wear one of those on Election mm-hmm. Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Every single person in America should wear one of these for Election Day. Like, if, if you had... The war chest that some of these people are running around with this year, I would fucking insist that you mail one of these stickers to every single registered voter in the United States. I think <laughs> that would be. I think that would be amazing. We have a lot of these stickers. Those are awesome. Um, are you uh, are you surprised by the success that you have seen over the last? When did you When did you actually you know stamp the the business? I, I mean, what like year? 2010. 2010. So yeah. 10 years in, are you are you surprised over the last 10 years? I mean. I go to a liquor store and it's Deerhammer. I mean, it's it's yeah. You've done it. Well, we've had a lot of great help from folks, uh, from employees over the year, and um, and we have a great distributor. Um, and we just we our goal all along was to be a great Colorado whiskey brand, and we didn't. There is no best. I mean, we knew we weren't going to be the highest selling because we just don't produce that much. Yeah. I mean, we only make like 10,000 proof gallons a year. We're a tiny distillery by all rights. And we could make a little more, but we like to go kayaking in the summer, so we don't make whiskey in the summer. Um, but I guess, uh, I don't know, man. I think I was uh, too naive to know that it couldn't work in the beginning. I just was like, yeah, it's, of course it's going to work. Of course we're going to be on shelves. And um, we definitely had our challenges, you know, uh, initially... My first take on just our packaging was, I thought it looked great and all, but it was off. It was taking into account like what is craft whiskey supposed to look like because there was so little of it out there at the time. Okay. And my stance was, I guess it should look like what craft beer looks like, which is uh. a little more crafty. And we came to realize over the years that people want and expect something that's a little more, I don't want to say elegant or refined. But Traditional. You know, when you're dropping like 50 bucks on the yeah. bottle, you want it to look at least fifty dollars worth, like yeah. not like a seven dollar bomber. <laughs> um, so, all right, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. You know, we made some mistakes along the way, but I think we adjusted really quickly. And I think that uh, my surprise is that anytime there was a fork in the road, I tried to go like, let's say I tried to go to the right, that was completely the wrong decision, and somehow we ended up on the left fork. 
And, uh, and it worked you know, out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it can't all be luck, but it, we definitely hit a lot of luck along the way. To and be we, frank, to ask a tough question, how much of that flexibility, that ability to make mistakes has to do with the overhead that's in Univista well, versus, you know, question. being I, downtown Denver? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, we do. I think that's another thing that we look at as uh, good luck was we ended up in BV because my wife and I love the river and it yeah. was we wanted to live in a smaller town. At the time, we were think we were living in Golden and between Golden and Breckenridge, and we thought like maybe we'll pick a spot on the Front Range. Well, we were drawn to BV, and we were looking for a spot to start making whiskey. And and the only building we could find happened to be on East Main Street, and the rent was r- r- relatively high considering what rent was in BV. But the guy wanted to sell the building, and the sell price was so low compared <laughs> to what everything else was. So we bought the building. So you guys bought the building. Yeah. And then a year later, we bought the empty lot next door, which was like chump change by today's rates. And I think uh, to your question, that's helped us a lot. Our smartest guys in whiskey. I, I mean, well, that was all my wife. Smartest, <laughs> yeah, smartest yeah, wife in whiskey. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> that, that could be true. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. What's your footprint in BV? I mean, obviously you're evaluating, right, your brand and your kind of impact on the city uh, from a business owner's perspective. But... I mean, can you summarize that for us? I'm assuming they've, they've taken you in with open arms. And oh, yeah. Everything. I mean, it, what really attracted us to the town, aside from just the landscape and all the outdoor opportunity, um, it's the community. It, it, like, it's just, there's some great areas. You know, Salida is only 30 minutes down the road, and we have a mild rivalry, but you either like Salida or you like BV. You can like them both for sure, but we knew. We were kind of evaluating both towns, and there was something about the culture and the community in BV that really sucked us in. We knew no one when we first got to town, and everyone knew us because there was there was so little going on. Like People were introducing themselves, like, oh, I heard about you guys. You know, and, and that was cool. We like got the cheat code to make friends. and uh, Make you know, whiskey. Good yeah, yeah. I mean, we opened our, our tasting room on, you know, I can't remember the exact date, but it was like maybe uh, January 2012 for like a soft opening. We didn't sell anything. We just let people come in. We were making cocktails. Uh, we had the still running. Uh, we were letting people sample off the still. Uh, we had one guy. It's amazing. Uh, uh, won't drop his name. He's a good friend. He's uh, responsible for the South Main uh, area of BV. He uh, filled up a glass off the still, and as I turned around, he smiled at me and drank the whole thing, not knowing what he was actually doing. Yeah, and like, you know, strong move. Didn't go so well for him later that night, but uh, oh. dude, he, he's he can handle it. He's uh, he's tough. We got to meet that guy. Yeah, no kidding. Let's yeah. get him on the show. Yeah, that's a whole story right that's, there. That's yeah, a, that's and, and a whole episode. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, I don't know. You know, a lot of folks are familiar with Buena Vista uh, via driving through on the highway. Not everyone turns onto the main street, and beyond that, if you keep going down East Main Street towards the river, you get to this area known as South Main. Uh, great friends of ours that have developed that area and some great friends that live there. It's an awesome spot. They have, uh, uh, they have a hotel down there now called Surf Hotel with a great bar and restaurant, great beers on tap, great whiskey, wine. But they have a venue outside now. Uh, they call it The Lawn, and they have a huge stage. They just had Yonder Mountain String Band play there last week. And uh, What? Yeah, it, it's epic. Uh, it's leftover salmon's coming up pretty soon. Um, so to any listeners who haven't been down there, or maybe they have, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a very cool scene. I heard this a few years ago that, you know, the Salida BV area being so close, it's becoming uh, in, in combination the new Santa Fe. 
it's becoming where people want to be, artists want to be, and all that stuff. I, I saw, yeah. see that. I mean, I just having been down there, I can at least a Salida. Um, yeah, Salida for sense. sure. Yeah. I saw a T-shirt the other day that said "Colorado sucks." Tell your friends. I feel like the next Deerhammer T-shirt needs to be like. Buena Vista sucks. Yeah. yeah. Tell your friends. No, it should. It should. I mean, it's it's people like I mean, me. we definitely, we, we try to walk a line and uh, cross a line on our stickers. You know, we've got that one, no one cares that you're from Kentucky. I like which, that one, too. Yeah. I mean. Nobody I, cares that you telly. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's funny because folks in uh, Kentucky don't quite get it. I love Kentucky. I have tons <laughs> of friends there. I love going. It's a, it's a goof. But, like, I think our yeah. next one might be no one cares about your single malt. You know, it's just, it's, I like making fun of ourselves. So maybe uh, BV Sucks is coming or something to that extent. No, that's good. That's good. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. I totally get it. Are you rushed? You got to go? Yeah, you know, I'd like to be here for the, for the, for the wrap up at the very least. Okay. All right. We can do that because it's 1.32. What um, time do you got to roll? Uh, two. Yeah, you got a hard cut off too. So I'm, I'm good. Do you want to wrap a, up with a, a I have a performance yes, evaluation. Give us, give us, oh, good. Yeah, you'll, you'll nail it. Absolutely. That'll be great. Performance evaluation. At least I don't have to breathe on anybody for a change. I know. I'm going to get some pictures of all of us too. So uh, this next one I'm pouring, this is our hickory smoked whiskey. Um, oh, is this the corn one? Yeah, yeah. It's all corn and it's hickory smoked. And uh, that comes out of our favorite barrel. They're all awesome, but there's always one that you kind of is your go to. Uh, we go into our barrels at a low barrel entry proof of typically 105. This one in at about 100. Okay. And the proof will creep up over the years. So this one's right around 102. No water added. And this is hickory smoked corn whiskey, is that right? So yeah, yeah, and corn whiskey is an interesting style. A lot of folks uh, associate with moonshine, which it could be. Uh, corn whiskey is the only style that doesn't have to be aged in a barrel. And if it is aged in a barrel... It can't be aged in a charred new oak barrel, but it can be aged in a used charred oak barrel. So these go into our X single malt barrels. These damn rules. How, I was going to say, how big is the fucking guidebook on, like, if oh, X, Y, It's if insane. Y. But it's also fun. You know, you kind of need some constraints to be creative within. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, you know, who knows what's going to happen. This, is, this might be my favorite. Sorry, Lenny. This is delicious. Yeah, yeah. I like this one a lot. And what I like about it, beyond the fact that it's, I think it's delicious, is that it's such a slept-on category. And I think, I mean, this is our lowest-selling offering, but I think it's one of our most interesting. People, if it, has, if it says bourbon, people will buy it. It says hickory-smoked whiskey or corn whiskey, they're not interested. The only difference, if we put this in charred new oak, it could say bourbon. But we want out. to make a corn whiskey. We already make a bourbon. How much of that is... Where the fuck do you put... i got to stop cussing after our criticism last week. I know, I two know. weeks ago. Two but weeks as ago. Lenny pointed out, constructive criticism is good criticism. Good. Yeah, we're, we had this it. discussion. Um, how much of that is not really having a place on a shelf in a liquor store that isn't next to a... Uh, I don't know. What's, a what's competitor. The, no, what's the, 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 the corn... Um, what's like the 180 proof stuff? Or not 180 proof. What the hell is it? You know, I don't know. I I, I used to pour in um, oh, jungle juice. Everclear. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. the industrial. That's not yeah, corn, yeah, though, yeah. is it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. They're, they're, yes, you're spot on. So originally, uh, we called this stuff rough and tumble, okay. and uh, we still have the illustration of someone boxing a deer on there in a rough and tumble manner. To to our surprise, like when we tried to sell it, folks were like, "Ooh, rough and tumble, rough." No, scared of I want smooth, bit, huh? not rough. So we changed the name to uh, Hickory Smoke Corn Whiskey. Okay. And then they said, ooh, no, I don't do corn whiskey. So we changed the name again 
to hickory smoked whiskey and now it's starting to sell a little bit better but when we go to like when we used to go to spirit festivals this was well, the one that everybody liked the most you know it just it's but crazy. As, as sam's alluding to if there's no category to compare it to that's people, exactly people right. get nervous is that they right do. i mean it's almost like gabf right like people don't want to compete in great american beer festival anymore because their beers don't fit into a category you and have a great part of being so, a small distillery. Well, yeah, you guys it have so many whiskeys lined up in front of us in 10 years. Not to mention the tiny little bottle of like sexy little like elixir that looks like it should have come in on a, a wagon. <laughs> like like who doesn't who doesn't want to try something new and get yeah. made a little nervous by their whiskey? Well, boring people don't. But but I'm boring char- as I'm boring as can be except for yeah. when it comes to drinking. <laughs> but fortunately, most of the folks in Colorado are not that, you know. We we've got People who love flavor and love experience. So, you know. I feel like that would go good with uh, Mexican food. Yeah, actually, it would. Yeah, rather, like if you don't it's want a margarita, it's light. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. light. It's, it's not as dark. It's. I mean, it's still smooth. Yeah, I like theory. that idea. <sighs> Lenny Eckstein, our friend, our dear, dear friend. We're thank so, you so excited much. to meet you face to face. This is awesome. Yeah, this yeah, this nice post Zoom there. culture of ours. Uh, so sick of the screens. I'm assuming we can just go to the website and be able to find wherever we can get your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being in Colorado, um, you know, our stuff is kind of all over the place and we do our best to keep up a list on our website. Um, but I would say, you know, check out the whiskey selection of your liquor store. If they have a Colorado section, check it out. Don't just check out Deerhammer. There's tons of great distilleries from Colorado. And if you've got a favorite liquor store and they don't have it, ask, tell them, tell them to ask for it. Call Lenny uh, tell, at. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can hit me up, um, <laughs> Lenny at DeerHammer.com. All of our info goes straight to me, though. Uh, I give you my phone number, but I never answer the phone. Um, or just come visit us in Buena Vista. Yeah, we've say. got some awesome distillery-only uh, releases. If you hit me up and I'm around, I'll take you for a stroll through our barrel rack house. And, awesome. uh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my teenage kid's going to hate me next week when we detour through Buena Vista. No, I'm just wondering how I can make a work trip down there. Like, yeah, i got to go see Lenny. You know, <laughs> it's, it's what i got to do. He's going to be a guest. Help with he's he's going to be a guest speaker in my next class online. Done. I like it. I dig it. Uh, Lenny, thank you so much. Uh, Ryan, thank, thank you, you good sir. Oh, Ryan Kidding. there. I appreciate it. Uh, and everybody, thank you for the support that you always give us. And uh, apologize for the F-bombs this week. I tried to clean it up last week. And then oh, did you just edit everything out? No, I don't think I dropped no, no, a single one. I, I don't think I dropped a single one last week. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, thank you, John Hoover, for pointing out our flaws. It's the corn whiskey. Damn it. All right. Take Cheers. Care. Everybody Cheers. have a great day. Come to tea